0: Everybody, shalom and welcome to the Ishai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live from Judea to the world. You're a part of it wherever you are. Shalom and welcome to Malka Fleischer. Thank
1: you so much, Ishai Shanatova.
0: Shanatova, Malka. I'm back in the land. Yes, I was, I was away, I was uh, on my way to Eretz Israel through uh Texas and then New York and then DC, and then I flew home. I saw the Biblical Highway movie. I blew the shofar for Gentiles. I was, uh, you know, I, I saw the, the hills of Texas. I stopped into Bucky's. I was in the U.S. Capitol. I saw and was jealous of little uh, souvenirs that they sell. And I'm like, we got to have souvenirs for the Biblical Highway. We got to make souvenirs and, and start, you know, promoting. Uh, I saw David Friedman. I, I talked about uh, last week about the red heifer and bringing the the red cows to Israel. So I had a great adventure. Uh, and it's great to be back home because you and I had a fabulous, fabulous Rosh Hashanah, Baruch Hashem, a big, amazing Rosh Hashanah because we, we were, uh, you can't get any FOMO, when you're on the Mount of Olives and you're close to the Temple Mount and you go onto the Temple Mount on Rosh Hashanah and then there's Jews who know all the prayers by heart because you're not allowed to carry a prayer book up there because it's like a Muslim site, quote unquote, and the, the Israeli police uh, uphold that idea and, and then there are Jews who know all the prayers by heart. I got to go up there uh, and pray and, with with my son, Ela, our son, Elazar, and uh, it was really a very sweet uh, Rosh Hashanah and now we are on the road to Yom Kippur. Yes, I remember when America here, it's a Yom Kippur, right? It's like Yom Kippur. But I want you to know that Maka uh, on the road to Yom Kippur, um, which is you know the holiest day of the year, most intense day of the year. Um, you know, you really have to prepare spiritually. And yet today, I was at one of the most spiritual lows. Oh. That I had been in in a long time. I mean, I was at a low. Wow. And there was one Come word. On, Ishai. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you, delightful Malka. You know, one thing that I cherish in I just in life- want
1: you to know, Ishai, before you get started, I want you to know, not in a condescending way, as if you don't know, but just to say it out loud, because we're on a radio show. Yeah. That it is normal to have highs and lows, even especially when you're trying to get extra high, uh, as we're here in Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, and we're all trying to do what we call in Hebrew teshuvah, we're trying to do what is called really repentance, but also can mean return. Right. We're, we're trying to do this return, and it's not like, you know, as you're doing it, it's not like all like wine and roses, you know? The satan, the, the, the evil forces are like, oh really, I don't think so, Ishai. Right. Like that, and they're going to yeah. try to get in your way. Yeah. And it is normal, and you should not feel bad that you had a little bit of a spiritual
0: low today. Uh, One of the phrases that I like from my uh, biblical loving Gentile friends is, Get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. That's right. But I had a fall today. Yep. And that fall was because I wanted to do something nice, which is uh, too rarely uh, you and I get a chance to go out. Without our children. Without our children. And you had wanted to see, and I as well, you got me excited about the idea of seeing this movie called Golda. Right.
1: Hollywood film all about Golden in my ears, ostensibly. Right. I saw the trailer.
0: It
2: looked awesome.
0: Trailer looked awesome. You showed me the trailer, and I'm like, yeah.
2: Today, the Egyptian and Syrian armies launched an offensive against Israel. Our enemies hoped to surprise the citizens of Israel on Yom Kippur. Our troops are out 7 to 1. If the Arabs reach Tel Aviv... Israel will be wiped off the map.
3: The American people will pay a high price for supporting Israel.
2: If we have to, we will fight
3: alone.
4: Secretary Kissinger is on the line. Remember
3: that I am first an American. Second, I am Secretary of State. And third, I am a Jew. We forget that in
0: Israel we read from right to left.
1: It's going to be good. How often do they make a movie about, like, an Israeli
0: hero? Right. And you and I, we also have this thing that we try to support, connect own uh, Bible stories Israel stories movies that 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 are on top of us right uh, right so we you know we and we've seen you know we've seen all the movies that are related and and we have a lot of them and stuff like that uh, I remember when you and I went to see Noah the movie yes. and on one one part we're gratified. In another part, we sorely disappointed. Right, There with were the, some
1: seriously, seriously problematic parts of Noah. And yet there were a couple parts that I have to say I thought were cool.
0: Yeah, we're awesome. We're awesome. Yeah. So I was excited when we were going to go to Golda. The trailer, as you, as you say, was, uh, was really good. But when we got to the theater and there was only like another family behind us. Well,
1: it was a matinee, in fairness. It was a matinee. It, it was, was in fairness.
0: It was three o'clock in the afternoon in, in what's called- And it called, wasn't
1: just a family. There were like- Four or five couples in there. Yes, you weren't okay. looking.
0: Anyway, we went to see this movie at three p.m. right on a Wednesday.
1: Right, that took serious planning.
0: Right, right at Yes Planet in uh, in Jerusalem, and uh, there's parking there and everything. And uh, we got there. Mock also prepared all the snackies. Right, and there were excellent snackies, including Thanks. that excellent. Um. The the, the the upgraded Twizzlers. The the Twizzlers I think they're
1: called like willow bees or something. I don't know. They're kosher. Anyway, they're they're yummy. I got they apple are, flavor.
0: They are good. I got them for you. Those are good. <laughs> they really know how to they they Twizzle. They it's like Twizzler on steroids. That's what it is. It's like it's like a proper Proper Twizzler. Probably in an old school commercial, if you would have called them a Twizzler, somebody would have passed out. Like, oh, Twizzler, how could you say that? These aren't Twizzlers, these are- Pardon me, would you please <laughs> pass the Grey Poupon on? The like Twizzler? That. It's like, this is not a Twizzler. Anyway, uh, let me get to the punchline. Yes. Got to the movie. And it was such a doggone disappointment. Right. It was so, so bad. And I and I and I want to say why it was bad. I don't want anybody to think that I mean it was bad because of some perspective or political perspective. It was a depressive movie. The movie was about her suffering through. It was
1: not. Re- you don't get to really know. Go- you didn't know. You, you, you not get, get her to history. You didn't get her history.
0: All you got was the. Oh, it was like a movie of what we call in Jewish Krechts. Right. It was, was krechtsy,
1: like- anxiety-ridden guilt and stuff lots with some like trippy hallucinogenic moments oh,
0: it was the whole thing was there's one word for it really pathos 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 it was the whole thing was like full of like this, like uh. there was i thought not one re- now i already not one redeeming element i already have a problem with the yom kippur war obviously everyone has a, a problem issues. with the yom kippur war. right but but like it was even worse and there was not one good character Every character in the movie was either a victim or sad or broken or stupid. Everybody, All the men were stupid. Everybody was stupid. Everybody was dumb. And you didn't even get to see any of the heroisms. It was just. Right, it
1: was like, yeah, it wasn't about, there were no parts where, like there were, I was looking for the parts where I would feel, okay, I went into the movie prepared for it to be politically um, opposed to me. Like, I went in there being like, okay, I know how it it's usually gonna be some goes. Kind of like woke There's going to be something young, in right? there that's going to make me mad or I'm not going to agree with or will be a warping of history that won't be correct. Fine. But I did think that I would go in there like feeling some kind of moment of like Israeli or Jewish pride. And I have to say, I feel bad because – because I really do think Helen Mirren did a good job as Golda, given what she was given, which was might have been one of the worst scripts I've ever sat through. And I haven't sat through that many, but still, not a good script, not a good screenplay. Just not, doesn't, like we understood already 20 minutes into the movie that unless you knew quite a bit about the Yom Kippur War that you would not understand what was going on. And I know not a little bit. You know, I know about the Yom Kippur War and I wasn't fully understanding what was going on in the movie. Um so I'm sorry to say and I'm sorry Helen, you did you really looked like Golda like very very impressive, but I I would not recommend this movie. Yeah, Helen, I'm Marian, so sorry to Helen say. Marian should
0: have should have been like
1: Pass. yeah I don't know her agent did a bad job I think that um I have never
0: there's no way this I movie have never
1: looked forward to a movie so much to be let down so hard
0: that's that's which that's, is that's pretty not we
1: don't usually this is not Siskel and Ebert I'm right. in here we don't usually like comment on movies well but the thing I was, thought it was important to go see a Hollywood film about Israel because it's important to see how they see us right and how we're being portrayed out there Um, And it was important to me to see this film and to like support the making of movies about Israel. Um, But this was not, I like, I don't remember it. It wasn't, it wasn't a good movie.
0: If we were Siskel and Ebert, we would give it two Two, raging thumbs down.
1: Thumbs like in the grave.
0: And if I was a teacher, like a math teacher or some kind of teacher of fifth grade, I would have given it a big fat F. Okay. It was just, just, just Nothing nothing redeeming sorry sorry and not it was to be just, negative no but see, not
1: to say Lashon Hara or anything
0: I'm not saying Lashon Hara I'm reviewing the film don't yeah, see it wasn't it. good don't just waste your time it. or money now here's the thing it sent me into a tizzy
1: because you know all of why us why would that be Shai, I will a tell movie.
0: you well no because first thing is that you know our beloved Israel there's so many things that are good and yet there's so many things that are challenging and there's so much there's so much stuff on the media there's so much garbage people was, today people were like did you see this garbage article did you see this thing that this person said and it's like the whole thing is garbage 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 and there's all these issues that we have you know military economic terrorism land giveaway all kinds of problems when you see a movie like it's just it's point was to deflate it was a deflation uh, of the spirit and my whole life is the opposite of that like like what i create what we create together is something that is meant to inspire, uplift, connect you to God, connect you to history, connect you to stuff, give you koach, give you strength, you know, reassure you, reassure you, you know, give you, give you, give, give you, give you life, chayut.
1: Because that's what we need from each other. We don't need the
0: opposite. Right. This movie was 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 was, was a deadening movie. It, it it emptied you. It left you. It left you empty. It left you tired but weak, it didn't leave you empty despondent. because you
1: like had a big emotional reaction either
0: it was no. just numb it, right it it, it, it it just sapped your strength and i it just ticked me off and sent me because we a also you
1: like to take like precious work hours and put them into going to see yeah. a film in the middle of the day yeah. is also like an investment in time right. and i took my
0: wife we drove to jerusalem did this thing and then on top of that our whole con- everything just it was like this it was this and i i always want to ask the makers of these movies these type like what are you doing what for is that your thing is like it's like i made a movie and really everybody felt really bad at the end is that is that your point in life well like,
1: it it happened to have done very very poorly
0: well because because yeah. nobody could recommend it how could it's funny because
1: it? i was like it's been out for two weeks in israel right and i was like how is it that i'm not hearing like tons and tons and tons of commentary on this on this thing this is about us
0: so i want to get to the next point which is i was actually depressed from this thing i was at a low low but it happened to be that we had a bat mitzvah of a good friend mazel tov adi that's right our good friend adi 12 years old bat mitzvah and the bat mitzvah had a lot of her friends including the gimpels uh, jeremy and tahila gimpel And of course, our brother the Brenners, who were celebrating, and other people, and there was good food, good steak, good food, good buddies, good music, good Judean atmosphere. Right,
1: cute little twelve-year-old girls dancing around.
0: Twelve-year-old girls, including our friend Adi, strumming the. She yeah, she played a harp. She played a real like harp. Yeah, it was very nice. And 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 you know what? It took like it took a good, good. You know, hanging out with friends, eating some good food, getting the spirit right, so hearing back. Hearing nice Jewish music. Hearing nice Jewish music. And I started coming back to myself. And I was thankful to Hashem. Wow. Because I felt like a low, low. I was, I was really ticked off and just started giving me koyach. And, you know, I do that for other people a lot, you know. I give people. try. I try. But I was thankful. I, I needed that. That's nice. I needed I'm that glad that you had what you needed
1: when I ne- you needed I it. I needed
0: that pick-me-up. May
1: Hashem pick. give us all what we need when we need it.
0: Yeah, because you know a big secret to tshuva is simcha, is joy. Right. Is joy. Uh, actually, speaking of uh, tshuva and simcha, so these are beautiful words. Uh, tshuva means repentance. Simcha means joy. And today, excuse me, yesterday, my friend Rafi from Israel 365 uh, gave me a new book uh, to promote which is uh, by Rabbi Kiva Gersh the musician uh, and edited by Rabbi Eli Michelle it's called 75 Hebrew words you need to understand uh, you need to understand the bible that's cool uh, and it's a beautiful book Malka. and here's the word netzach and it has the verses it has a great picture it has netzach the verses means eternity it means eternity but they also have other explanations for it that's number 17 uh, number 24 is the word Sina, which means hate uh, Ivri, which means Hebrew, and uh, kavod, number 29. It's got 75 words that are key to understanding Hebrew and the Bible, really nicely laid out, and it is found at the Israel365.com store. That's so go cool. There.
1: That's such a great way to start L- L- your Hebrew journey also, like yeah. for people who are like don't know the first thing. You know, you start to learn like one word, another word, another word. That's nice.
0: Very cool. A great 75 Hebrew words you need to, you need to understand the Bible. Uh, and it is uh, Israel at 75 commemorative edition. So 75 cool. words. Yeah. So good job. Uh, good job. So that's by Rabbi Kiva Gershon. You can find it at Israel365.com and their store. So that's really cool. And if we're already talking about this, then I want to mention uh, also a few other friends that make this show happen, including my recommendation for how to money transfer into the land of Israel uh, at uh, yossichange86 at gmail.com. yossichange86 at gmail.com. They'll help you get your money into the land of Israel, and that's really good, especially for real estate deals and stuff like that, big money, all, of course, you know, uh, what's called... Uh, uh, um, above board. Above board. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you, Malka. Uh, and our good friends at Kaplan Custom Tours, which will help you build great itineraries for a trip in the land. And you can find out uh, about them at mokaplan@gmail.com. at gmail.com. at gmail.com. If you ever forget and you want uh, me to remind you, you can write me an email, yeshai at Uh Speaking of uh, having a great itinerary in the land of Israel, uh, I got to sit down with a very interesting lady uh, who is the author of a new book called "From Southerner to Settler," uh, and also the she is the author of a uh, uh, not exactly a blog, but a a website uh, that is a travelogue of hiking in the Holy Land. That's what it's called, hiking right. uh, in the Holy Land. Uh, and her name. Right, it's
1: not like a blog because it's way more advanced than that. That's right. It's like way more helpful and user-friendly.
0: That's right. Uh, and that really brings you to the land. She just wrote a book about her life, and I got to sit down uh, here uh, at our house to talk with Susanna Schild. So let's have a chat with her. All right, everybody. You are listening to the Ishai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live from Judea to the world. You're a part of it wherever you are. And speaking of being from somewhere and getting somewhere, I have a book in front of me called From Southerner, to Settler. The title itself uh, was was uh, was impactful to me. I'm not a Southerner, but my wife Malka is. Uh, she's from Texas. And, and we are quote-unquote settlers. Uh, and this book is written by Susanna Schild, who is also a person that I got to know uh, through her blog, which is, uh, uh, the word blog is not fair in this case because it's really more of a, a help uh, website, which is hikingintheholyland.com or Hiking the Holy Land. Hikingintheholyland.com has helped me many times find cool places in the land of Israel to hike to, and it's been uh, useful not only because it gives you a ways link, but also because it actually gives you a detail about parking and what happens. There are other websites like that, especially in Hebrew, but they're sometimes hard to navigate and understand, so I've used uh, Hiking the Holy Land when I have to hike the Holy Land and, and walk around with the kids. In any case, I got this book from Susanna Schild, and she is joining me today. Shalom, Susanna, how are you?
4: Hi, Yishai. Good, how are you?
0: Thank you very much, and thank you very much for this book, which is really uh, has a few different parts in it. One part is the transition from, uh, from New Orleans uh, into a more uh, mainstream Jewish community, and then out to Israel. And then from Israel, from like Beit Shemesh to the Gush, uh, from uh, the uh, kind of more ol- ultra-Orthodox, well, let's call it American Haredi, American Black Hat scene, to a more religious Zionist type scene with its change of philosophies. Uh, it's also got the growth of the children stories. And then it's got uh, what what I was most interested in, we'll get to that in a second, which is the kind of um, spaces, spaces in our life that that shape the way we think. I'm talking about the the places that you visited in the book, uh, are very much places that I know very well, and I know how they shape consciousness. They include the natural museum, uh, the natural history museum of the Bible, the museum of natural history. What's it Biblical called? Biblical museum of natural history. That's right. That's right. Uh, uh, Rabbi Slivkin's place in Beit Shemesh. Uh, uh, fishing, digging for, uh, swimming for, snorkeling and scuba diving for uh, the murex Truncali, the uh, the Trelit snail. Uh, are in Jeremy and uh, the, uh, Jeremy's farm, uh, and even the Wallers uh, out in Harbracha. All those places have a have a part in it. Let's call it a pantheon of a way of thinking uh, about the land of Israel. The real actor in the whole thing is a connection to the land and a, and a love of the land. As an American Jew, uh, coming into consciousness of what the land of Israel is. Did yeah. I just give the whole basic story of the book? That there?
4: was pretty good. No, that was good. That was a good summary. I liked it. So, so let's talk a
0: little bit about uh, about uh, about the the title of the book, which is "Southerner: to Settler." There's there's a lot to to there. Why don't you tell us a little bit about kind of your path in life uh, to become the 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 the, the mom, the Jewess, living in Judean Samaria that you are today?
4: Okay, so I grew up in the South in New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, I The reason I ended up in New Orleans was, it's not that my parents were from New Orleans. Uh, There was sort of a long and convoluted path to get there. And we were not there for any uh, reason related to religion or Judaism. Um, My parents, my mother is from Angola, Africa. My father grew up in the United States. Uh, We were in New Orleans because my dad went to medical school there. Um, and I would say that growing up in New Orleans, I grew up mostly as a religious Jew, um, even though I officially had a conversion at age six through Chabad, but I really grew up as a religious Jew, but I definitely did not feel like I fit in anywhere or like I was a part of anything Um, to the contrary, looking around me at people in my private prep school and in other places, it seemed like everybody sort of fit into what they were doing at the YMCA. You know, all the kids, uh, had the same religious outlook and questioned me about mine. Um, so I definitely, I definitely did not feel like I was a part of any people or nation, although I was officially an Orthodox Jew, um, The story I write about in the book is the story of how, at the beginning, of how I came to the Land of Israel. Um, It was a multi-step process. My first experience in the Land of Israel was when I was 12 years old. We went there for a medical conference, for my parents' medical conference, and we were there for the holiday of Shavuot. So at that time, we... Uh, walked to the hotel in the middle of the night after staying up for a night of learning. And it was just with throngs and throngs of Jewish people. And I remember feeling like I had never seen anything or experienced anything like that before in my life, never seen so many Jews together in my life. And I think that was my first taste of um, what it would mean to be part of a people and to be part of a nation. Um, And, you know, I'm not going to give the whole story away. the whole first chapter away, but many things happened over the years that eventually led me to decide that I wanted to be in Israel. Not so much that I really understood what it meant to be in Israel or that I felt like Israel was my homeland or anything like that, but being in that environment and seeing how people raised children in that environment, I made the decision that I would want to raise my own family there so that my children could uh, grow up with something that I didn't have, which was a good um, influence from the world around them, feeling like the culture supported their values, and feeling like uh, they were a part of something greater that meant, you know, something Jewish. Uh, so after I met my husband, we moved to Israel when I was a young mother with two children.
0: Uh, you moved up here to uh, where the wind blows mm-hmm. and where the the fog comes in. Neve Daniel is perpetually covered in fog we yes. sometimes look at it we see the the I cloud yeah yeah it's it's really a cloud <laughs> gets stuck on a, and there's an non there <laughs> um but uh, i wanted to get to the part of the book that that really resonated with me personally which are these these spaces that's how i call them uh, and they they are they are pillars of of understanding the world um for example Tchelet, you know the uh the, the blue dye that is supposed to be in the four-cornered garment, and in other parts of Jewish observance, uh, you met the Tchellet T E K H E L E T organization, and you went out there with them, and you bobbed for snails. Uh, my 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 family we did that as well, and then going through the process of of seeing Trelit made in the ancient ways is really what this book is about, which is like reconnecting to the land of israel as it was and the importance of the land the importance of of somehow not just having a synagogue based spirituality but a spirituality that comes from from as the psalm says a truth kind of grows out of the land is that right
4: yeah i mean that is entirely my perspective and i think ultimately the reason i decided to create hiking the holy land i feel that um that there's just no comparison between you know studying something in, in the Torah and reading it. And I mean, I remember as a kid, this is actually have a monthly column in the Jerusalem Post, which exactly speaks about this. It's like, as a kid, I read about King David hiding in a cave. What the heck does that mean? You go out in nature here and you see these caves and you totally understand what right. that means and... And you feel it. You can experience it for yourself. You can crawl into the caves. You, I mean, all the different stories. You read about them happening, and it just seems very disconnected, Like almost like these aren't people who are, who are related to us. They're not relatable in any way. But the minute you step out into the country and, and see these things and experience them, things that um, the nature, the terrain, the animals, the treles, The animals.
0: You, you, the, we, we mentioned the, uh, what is it? The, natu- the ibex. Well, no, no, the, the difference between bunny oh, and Shaphan. hyrax, Yes, right? yes, exactly. Right? So so, so uh, hi- uh, uh, hyrax, which is a animal found here in the land of Israel, is probably what it's meant by... Uh, shafan. Arnav. Is it Shafan or Arnav? Oh.
4: hyrax, the rock hyrax is the Shafan. Aha, it's right. Shafan Sela.
0: Right, I remember those rock hyraxes when yeah. I was a kid in Haifa, the the uh, E that's what they call Shafan Sela. Yeah.
4: It's, it's a
0: rodent-faced animal, yeah. uh, but you could tell that it's meaty. You know what I mean? Right. If you wanted to, you, you could eat it.
4: I always think about that. I look at that and I think I just want to take a bite out of that. I rock. could.
0: I could make it into a burger, but I can't. But but the Torah says don't eat that thing. But it doesn't say don't eat a bunny because there are no
4: rabbits. There, there in this aren't region. really very few rabbits. Yeah, and I just I although think, there are
0: rabbits in the Serengeti, I saw,
4: and there also are rabbits in Israel, but I've never seen one. Right. There okay. are wild rabbits in Israel, and we're out in nature a lot. I've never seen one. Um, but yeah, what I wanted to say is like under it, the way to understand the lives of our kings and our prophets and like all these people that we read about who are our ancestors, we are their children, we are their descendants, is by understanding what the, their life was actually like, understanding what it means to, to live in a place with a rainy season and a dry season. Um, I often think about uh, what we read before, benching Shir Hamalot with the... Aficim Banegev, you know, that the Jews will return to the land of Zion like uh, channels of water in the desert. And that has no meaning to somebody who doesn't grow up in this country or who doesn't grow up in a country with terrain like this, but living here and being able to witness the flash floods that go through the desert, we understand that that means that the Jews will come back in a flood like they have um, since we, uh, we are back in the state of Israel. They just are streaming in all of a sudden as if out of nowhere, whereas before there was no stream. Right. Um, And I think being here and experiencing that and seeing these things is a way to connect to our religion and our spirituality on a much deeper and more personal level
0: that's right that's right uh one of the uh heroes in the book a a supporting character uh is the gimpel family uh, who are part of the uh founders of the land of israel network which this show is a part of uh they seem to have had an impact on you uh at least they get a few mentions in the book Uh, so i want to ask about that
4: yeah well we're really really good friends with them um we moved into our houses in Navea Daniel at about the same time and have kids the same age. And we just love spending time together and always connected. And uh, yeah, um, we watched as they changed over the years from like typical going to law school or being a lawyer or whatever, to suddenly deciding to uh, move to this farm in the middle of nowhere. And I think that you know, cause we were just regular friends in Nevada, Daniel and suddenly they picked up and moved to this farm and followed this incredible dream um, that definitely had a huge impact on us and being able to see that anybody can do it, meaning not anybody cause they're special, but like people can all be a part of this amazing thing that is happening right now. And all it takes is willpower uh, decision, deciding to do something um, and they're moving out to the farm. You know, we saw it when it was nothing when they had they were telling us, Oh, we just we just got this thing, this farm, and one day we'll live there. We're like, okay, another one of their crazy ideas, you know, and then it happened and you go there now. My daughter actually got married there during COVID, and it's this beautiful place now. And I remember first visiting the first time I was there, and they're like, Oh, isn't it beautiful? I'm like, Okay, I just see a lot of rocks. And then suddenly your your vision switches and you imagine what it could look like and what it does look like today, which is just this gorgeous, spectacular place.
0: Okay, so two more spaces that I wanted to visit with you, which which the book visits. Um, let me remember. There was oh yeah, right. So the Temple Institute. Okay. Uh, you write about the Temple Institute uh, and kind of visualizing the Temple art, uh, uh, not artifacts. Oh yeah, Jeremy's in that story too. Right. The vi- <laughs> uh, the, the Temple, what we called vessels and vestments. And um, I, I totally understood. See, why am I mentioning these things? Because I understood what you were what you were writing. I thought there's these pillars of our consciousness when we're like, oh, there's a temple. There was a temple. We yearn for another temple. What does that mean? These are these are either empty words that you say at you know uh, uh, you know somewhere out there. (laughs) Yeah, right. Somewhere (laughs) out there, and you don't really you don't even maybe you don't even speak Hebrew well. Maybe you go to some kind of you know, you know temple or synagogue that doesn't really accentuate these things, and you don't know what you're doing. yeah, and, and it's all it's all detached and it's all kind of cold and annoying for kids,
4: yeah, absolutely. and
0: And when I read that, I'm like, I, I know what she's saying. She's saying these things come back to life in our heads. And we can tell it to the kids in a way that's exciting, yeah. and we can we can make it educational and meaningful to ourselves and to our children. The mishnayot become meaningful when when Solomon prays at the temple; it becomes meaningful. These things you can visualize Ezra and Nehemiah trying to rebuild the walls and then the temple. These things become real. It and, becomes possible. Right, it becomes possible. The Temple Institute's main contribution in this world has been to uh, create in our minds an actualization. Uh, of these images and beliefs that these things could live again. Right. That, that's, that's what they set out to do.
4: yeah And
0: that's what they've done. And so too, the same thing with Tchelet. You're like, oh. And same thing with Arnie and Jeremy and then the farm. You're like, oh. And and it becomes real. And same thing, by the way, with your website, which is like, you're like, I live in Israel, but I don't know if I can get to these places now. I can. It's it's doable. And here's pictures and here's this family walking along this place. Uh, and, and the final place uh, that you went to, which I also think is part of the pantheon of consciousness, and that is visiting uh, with uh, the Hayovel folks, the the Waller folks, which are non Jews, uh, Christian folks who believe in the land, in, in in the Bible. And the the reason that visiting with them is also part of the pantheon is because you're like, yes, the nations will will see this light, will want to come to it. They too shall see it, and that's all over the scriptures, the the, the writings, the Tanakh. And we're like, yeah, here's an example of that. It becomes real. Am I
4: am I, am I in the right direction here? A hundred percent. I think for me, I mean, I can specifically speak about each of those experiences, but for me, what I was trying to do with this book and the reason I wrote it in this memoir style, because really, what is it? It's like this sort of... Um, it is a story of falling in love with the land of Israel, but the purpose of the book is to explain why, meaning what is so important about Israel for the modern Jewish people. Right. And I felt like I had to do it through these stories because without the stories, it's impossible to explain. It was these stories which allowed me to learn these lessons. Exactly like you said, it's like an aha moment. Like, especially, you know, with the Wallers, it's like not just... I mean, seeing the nations come back and, and, you know, again, the connection to Shir Hamalot that we say before benching is amazing. But to see non-Jews, you know, perhaps similar to non-Jews I grew up with, who are so inspired by this that they are actually coming and cleaning out rocks from mountains and planting vineyards, um, it. it I, I think brings to the Jewish people a renewed sense of inspiration to say, well, if they're doing this, we we should be able to totally do this. You know, that's, that's obvious. Um, and there were definitely many moments like this that I wanted to highlight in the book.
0: Right. And they build out, they build out a <laughs> world, a world, world outlook. They certainly do. Right. Um, the book is called from Southerner to Settler, unexpected lessons from the land of Israel. Also has a few a little Torah sections as well. Uh Susanna Schilder where do you where do you get one of these? So, I know I know I got it from you, but where where does yeah. one where does one procure <laughs> this uh, this book?
4: So you can go to from Southern Settler dot com. Um and there there's options for purchasing the book in Israel, which gets shipped, or purchasing on Amazon, um which also ships all over the world and yeah, some some bookstores too, but those are the two main places.
0: Okay. So that's really cool. And but by the way, would you also say that it is a a, a book that's Is this also a woman's book?
4: Um, I certainly, uh, you know, being a woman and I think, you know, this interview hasn't really spoken about uh, the woman's perspective and the things that were. This is this is that. Yes, this This is 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 happening right now. (laughs) But absolutely. um, You know, that I think so. Yeah, it was no. It's, it's a huge part of my identity is as a mother, right. um, and I think that there's the, weddings
0: in there, and there's bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs that you're organizing, yeah. and how you went through it, and who helped you, and and those kind of things. And I
4: think like learning the what it means to be a mother and motherhood and what you want for your children. I think you know that's something that I felt that I learned over the past 23 years of being a mom, um, and it's something I shared with my readers as well. And yeah, I think that definitely. Yeah.
0: I think so, and, and I think the reason the reason I'm you know uh, uh, the reason I'm asking that also is I think that women uh, uh, who are looking for spiritual paths uh, will be empowered through this book as well. Yeah. So I think I think that's an important part of it. I didn't ask as much about it, but that's just
4: hopefully men will enjoy it too. Well, I did, I, <laughs> I did, I
0: did enjoy it, and I and I and you know this show uh, is about helping people fall in love and understand and deal with the challenges and the and the magnitude. Uh, of the return of the Jewish people to the land of Israel, yeah, and so that's what the show is about, and that's what—that's so what, what the book is about, right? That's what the book is about. Yeah. So I did enjoy it, uh, and and you know I dealt with the bar mitzvah, bar mitzvah sections, the wedding sections just fine. <laughs> I was able to, to I connected with that side of myself. Uh, in any case, uh, the other thing I wanted to just uh, discuss for a second is the website. Why don't you give me like a little kind of snippet of what the uh, hiking the Holy Land website is hikingintheholyland.com yeah so
4: you mentioned that uh that there are other websites like this but the truth is when i started this website i certainly couldn't find any websites like this in english uh they're all in hebrew which is totally insane um because israel as we know has a zillion tourists and many olim and english is like the you know international language and for somebody trying to navigate the Hebrew websites who doesn't speak Hebrew, it's nearly impossible. Hebrew um, is not so easy. It is not easy. It's not. It's, it's, it's really not, easy. not.
0: And and I'm, I, you know, I'm speaking as somebody who speaks it pretty well and, and can read and write well. Like, it's 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 because of the vowel system. Yeah, the vowel system makes it hard, and also because there's a lot of letters in Hebrew that any given word can be written. With, with any of them with yeah <laughs> Chet or Chav Ted or Tav Ein Aleph Vav or hay. sometimes yeah. and
4: it, I still it, have to get my kids to correct my text messages so yeah no
0: it's, it's <laughs> it, it, it is it is that, and that will be one of the things that I will probably try if I can get an audience to ask the Lord after 120 <laughs> I, I just want to be like
4: <gasps> why'd you make this so yeah why, why, why <laughs> We probably just have it wrong. There was probably different pronunciations for the chet and I'm sure there, there are. There is. There is.
0: But it's still, but it's, it's still, it's, uh, you know. The vowels I, are tricky. The vowels are tricky. Yeah. Yeah. So and th- there's this like, there's this like, mo- like English doesn't have this mode that you like, like, vowelizations off. Yeah, it's right. Like a, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, what that would be confusing. Right. <laughs> why, why did all this information just go away? It's like someday? if my
4: website was written in only English consonants, then what right. would happen? Right. <laughs> Let's just save space by skipping the vowels.
0: <laughs> like, uh, that's hard. <laughs> So so the, the website itself, I, I, you know, I, what I really want to compliment you on is that it's technically proficient. It's a, it's a technically... That was important to me,
4: to yes. have a really good map, to have have it so that people could get places yeah. and not get lost and to be able to really discover this beautiful country in an easy way yeah. that uh, would be good for families and for solo hikers. And, you know, you could, I really wanted people to be able to get the information they need and uh, to also just get an experience of what things were like before they step foot on the trail. Um, so that's exactly. what I set out to do. Exactly,
0: Because what happens is when you're on vacation with the kids, you really don't have time to do the experimentation. Right. You, you really don't have the time to be like, well, let's just check this out. Yeah. You know what I mean? The little kids are crying. You want to know before you get there you what it's going to be like. Which is very, very modern. Yeah. It's, it's very true. modern. It's a very <laughs> modern. Like you used to not know. You used to have all these things that, you, that we don't deal with today. You used to have to deal with maps. Yeah. You used to not know what's going to happen yeah. down the line. And you used to not be able to see... Uh, um, other people rating, you know, a certain place. Well, this is like
4: actually one of my favorite topics and something I like try to focus on in the book is like uncertainty is okay. Like that's the idea of deep diving into Israel and uh, into a place where we don't know necessarily exactly what our kids are going to turn out, et cetera, et cetera. So I do want to say that despite all of my wonderful tools, obviously they're, I mean, wonderful, whatever. Obviously there are, uh, there are, there's still a lot of uncertainty when you hike so this is just to make things as streamlined as possible for people so that they can, you know, embrace the uncertainty and, you know, not knowing and excitement of the outdoors in Israel and, right. you know, fall there's into still that. Pl- still They're not plenty, on the
0: couch. Right, there's still plenty <laughs> of uncertainty. That's right. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point because it could, it, could, it could stop us, the uncertainty. This actually opens the door for us to check it out, go out there for ourselves. Yeah. Okay, folks, so basically uh, we've provided you now with both of the ideological... Basis to connect With the land Through uh, From Southerner To Settler Found it From Southerner To Settler dot com Yeah uh, And then uh, Once you get past The ideology The theoretical You can get into The practical By actually coming To the land And, and walking it And hiking it At uh, Hiking the holy land Hiking in and the holy land Dot com And the The market name Is hiking the holy land That's right Yes
4: you got it all right Susanna
0: Shield Thank you so much For joining me
4: Thank you so much Ushai. Keep
0: up the good work Of connecting people To the land of Israel all right, and we are back. Thank you very much, Susanna, for that very wonderful nice. interview. That's right. Uh, really cool people doing cool things here in the good land. Malka Fleischer. Uh, Malka- And it's
1: a very, very useful website. I really recommend that people check it out. Um, we used it on our last vacation to find a place to go, and we went up to the north, and we're not such big experts in the north, and we went, we looked around a little bit, and it was very informative.
0: Two more useful websites for your uh, knowledge is what's happening in the news. JNS.com and Jewishpress.com, excuse me, JNS.org and Jewishpress.com uh, will fill your mind with what's really happening in the Jewish world, but from a healthy perspective. So check them out. And Malka, we're about to go into Yom Kippur, okay? And Yom Kippur, there's a big mitzvah the day before Yom Kippur is to Esminkinder, okay? You gotta eat, you my gotta children. Eat. That's right, you gotta eat. And uh, I highly recommend because eating. Because the
1: mitzvah of the next day is not to eat.
0: That's right. And we just got an awesome meat plate. We got to meet the things that we eat because they the folks at ProhibitionPickle.co.il got a gift package for us through our goods friends in
1: Switzerland. That's
0: right. That's right.
1: And so we want to thank Gabriella and Jeanette so much for the delicious treats for Rosh Hashanah. We went away to Jerusalem for Rosh Hashanah and we brought our treats with us and they they made a lot of people happy.
0: That's right. So very
1: nice of you. Not necessary good. but very welcome. Thank you.
0: That's prohibitionpickle.co.il. Maka, let's get into the Yom-, Yom Kippur mood, shall we? All right. Uh the Yom Kippur mood is important. It's important to get into the spirit. Our friends have prepared wonderful thought pieces for us. Let's start with Ben Bresky. Uh, as he relates to us uh, stories about Yom Kippur and the connection to the Jewish community of Hebron that's right Uh, Ben is not just a reporter but also a storyteller and he's got a very famous story uh, about something that happened in Hebron on Yom Kippur that will forever change uh, the face of the Jewish community so Ben Bresky, take it away
2: This is a moment in Jewish history. The Avraham Avinu Synagogue in Hebron was built by Rabbi Malkiel Ashkenazi in 1540, a time when the Jewish community there thrived. The rebuilt Avraham Avinu Synagogue still stands in the same spot, and I have prayed there on multiple occasions. On one of the pillars inside, there is a plaque for the famous book Emek HaMelech, Valley of the King, published by Rabbi Naftali Hurt Bacharach in 1648. Its subject matter is Kabara, but there's also an interesting Yom Kippur story, Tenth Man for the Quorum. Let me tell you, O children of the living God, about the wonderful thing that happened in Hebron on Yom Kippur. Now you must know that there are not always ten men in Hebron to worship publicly. It is only on Sabbaths and holidays that people from the villages assemble there, so that they can pray with a quorum of ten or more. But all the inhabitants of Hebron are very pious. Now it came to pass one Yom Kippur Eve that there were only nine men in Hebron, and the inhabitants of Hebron waited for the villagers to come, but no one of them came. For they had all gone to Jerusalem, the holy city, may it be rebuilt and reestablished speedily in our days, since it is nearby, being only a distance of a quarter of the day's travel away. So they were in great sorrow, lest they be each forced to pray alone on Yom Kippur, and they wept bitterly. Now the sun had already sunk, and it was very late. And it came to pass that they lifted their eyes, and lo and behold, an old man coming from the distance. They had rejoiced exceedingly when they saw him. Now when he came up to them, they set before him the concluding meal, before Yom Kippur, so that he may eat. But he blessed them and thanked them, and said that he had already eaten on the way. So they prayed on the holy day, and honored the man highly. At the close of Yom Kippur, they fell into a dispute for each one wanted to take the guests to his home. Finally, they decided to cast lots, and the guest fell to the lot of the cantor, who was a pious man and related wonderful dreams and visions of night. So the cantor went homeward, the guest following after him. When the canter came near his home, he turned around to honor the guest and allow him to enter the house first, and he looked, and lo and behold, he was gone. They sought him, but could not find him anywhere about. Then they were all greatly saddened, for they thought he had gone on his way in the night because he had not wished to partake of their hospitality. But on the night the old man visited the canter in a dream and told him that he was our father Abraham. Avraham Avinu, peace be upon him, who had come to complete their quorum, for he saw that they were in great sorrow, lest each of them should have to pray alone, and they rejoiced greatly and blessed the great God for having done wondrous deeds. Amen, and so be his will. This is how the Avraham Avinu synagogue got its name. Between 1948 and 1967, The city of Hebron was controlled by the Hashemite kingdom of Jordan, and many of the holy sites there were demolished. When the Jewish people returned to Hebron following the 1967 Six-Day War, they found that the synagogue had been turned into a goat shed and public bathroom. With great effort, the synagogue was rebuilt. One of the main people who pioneered the rebuilding of the synagogue was Professor Benzion Tavger, On May 22, 1981, a ceremony took place inaugurating the rebuilt Afraham Avinu Synagogue in Hebron. The following are excerpts from Professor Benzion Tavger from his book My Hebron about his thoughts on the synagogue he worked so hard to rebuild. While I was in the synagogue waiting for the Torah scroll to be brought in, I looked around once again at the walls of the building. The synagogue was now splendidly built more or less approximating its original form before it was destroyed in the 1950s on the whole the synagogue now looked beautiful and appeared splendid i let my eyes wander around the interior of the synagogue i had time to think and recall its previous state five or six years ago and thought of the sequence of events that had transpired when i first came here The place had indeed gone by the name Avraham Avinu Synagogue, but its name had seemed completely disconnected from its essence. Nothing about it had indicated that it was a synagogue. It had been used as a goat shed. On the eastern side there had been a familiar or rather notorious structure, the public latrine, which had been erected for the use of those who frequented the adjacent wholesale market, and the rest of the site was used as a garbage dump. This place where previously there had been a goat shed which symbolized our disgrace and humiliation was magnificently renovated and the ancient synagogue was at its center. We can pray in it. This has been a moment in Jewish history. Thank you to Yishai Fleischer. Thank you to all the listeners and Shalom.
0: All right Ben, thank you very much for that Ben Bresky bringing us the story of Chevron uh, and Yom Kippur. And we appreciate that very much. And Muck, I do want to say that we have uh, some more folks that make this show happen, including our good folks at RetroWatchGuy.com. RetroWatchGuy, awesome, cool watches from from the past, making it happen today. And if you're already thinking about the dial turning, then remember the good folks at KosherCycleTours.com, making the revolution.
1: Yeah, the Uh, weather's beautiful outside. Now's probably a really good time to bike
0: to bike in the land of Israel, to bike around the world, and do it in kosher and in style. That's awesome, koshercycletours.com. All right, folks. You know, sometimes you fall down, sometimes you get depressed, and sometimes what picks you up is good Jewish music and good spiritual, spirituality and music. And, you know, when music is really holy, it, it really has a real effect on you. It can bring you up. And um, there's a song that I like that's called Lord Get Me High that's right <laughs> you know this is a double entendre it's a song from the 60s uh, but it really the meaning of it is actually Lord get me higher and higher spiritually speaking I just wanted to share this with you before the highest day of the year Yom Kippur Lord get me high by the great late Rabbi Shlomo Karl Bach, Lord get me high
3: Lord get me high get me high get me high Lord, get me high, get me higher Lord, get me high, get me high, get me high Lord, get me high, get me higher higher and higher Da Ta- da ra- ra- la la, la-, la- Ein Gebet. Lord, let me pray just one prayer. Lord, let me say, let me say just one word. God, give me ein Wort. Lord, let me say just one word. Lord, let me sing, let me sing Just one song Gib mir eine Melodie Lord, let me sing Just one song Lord, let me meet, let me meet Just one friend Einen Freund Lord, let me meet just one friend Gott lass mich leben bis die ganze welt eine melodie singt Lord let me live till the great morning comes when the whole world will sing just one song
0: Okay, that was a good musical piece. I needed that. We got to get higher and higher, Malka. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, let's finish off the show with our uh, beloved uh, Rabbi Shimshon HaKohen Nadel, or Rabbi Shimshon Nadel. He's also HaKohen, so he blesses us with his Torah. Uh, he's a rabbi here in Jerusalem and, uh, and a good friend. Uh, and he has a piece on one of the best and, and just one of the most glorious stories in the Bible, and that's the story of Jonah. Sort of Yonah. and we always forget to talk about it, you know. But it's it's a Yom Kippur story. Wow, uh, it's one of my favorites. I love the Book of Jonah. I love it so much. It's so it's so short, and yet every line is precious. Um, and um, my favorite line is when is when Jonah goes down into the bowels of the ship and goes to sleep. Everybody else is like, "Oh no!" and he's like, "Forget it. I just want to go to sleep." And you see the epitome of a person who wants to get away from from life. And then the captain comes and wakes him up and he says go pray to your god sometimes i think that captain is god interesting or or maybe it's elijah but it's somebody who's out there like it's a godly messenger he's the captain and he's like reach out to god i'm trying to help you remember call out to me and um that's my thought on the book of jonah uh but let's hear rabbi shimshon akon nadel about that amazing book of jonah that we read on yom kippur
5: Shalom Yishai.
0: At its core,
5: the book of Yonah is a story of tshuva, repentance. The people of the city of Ninveh are told that if they continue on their path, in 40 days, Ninveh shall be overturned. Their response? Fasting and repentance. Man and animal alike abstain from food and drink. The king himself rises from his throne, dons sackcloth and sits in ashes. God sees their sincerity, and the people are spared. In fact, the Talmud cites the story as a proof text that one can change their fate by changing their actions. Such is the power of repentance. The Mishnah even invokes the approach of Ninveh to teach how we as Jews should behave on a fast day. But why, on Yom Kippur, the holiest day of the year, do we read the story of Ninveh, the capital city of Assyria, the great Assyrian Empire, which was our enemy. Are there no stories about the Jewish nation, the Jewish people engaged in repentance that can serve as an inspiration for the power of change on the Day of Atonement? Rabbi Joseph B. Soloveitchik explained that the story of Yonah teaches a powerful and profound lesson our concern for humanity. While the sailors of the storm-tossed ship cry out to their gods in fear, Yonah, in the holds of the ship, descends into a deep sleep, an escape of sorts. He's even criticized by the captain of the ship who asks, how can you sleep so soundly? Arise, call to your God. Perhaps God will pay us mind and we will not perish. The captain's call is, in a sense, a wake-up call, to understand one's role in the world, one's responsibility to his fellow man, to his society, to mankind. Do we sleep soundly while others suffer? Do we remain silent? In fact, Jonah's flight is more than just a rebellion against God, it represents a rebellion against society, against mankind. Jonah shakes off the burden of his fellow man when he shakes off the burden of prophecy. This was his mistake. But Yonah's lack of empathy is most clearly expressed at the end of the book. He is grieved after the city of Nineveh repents and is saved from destruction. Many explain that Yonah is pained for he knows that the backsliding Jewish nation will suffer greatly if compared to the people of Nineveh and their repentance. This was, as many understand, the reason for Yonah's initial flight. But now he sits alone in his sadness. Suddenly, God creates a special Kikayon tree for Yonah. It provides him with shade and brings him tremendous joy. His whole demeanor changes. But the very next day at dawn, a worm attacks the tree and the tree dies. A hot wind blows in from the east and the sun beats down strongly upon Yona's head. And he's now even more despondent and dejected than before. He wants to die and says, death is better than my life. The Kikayon tree, of course, was a lesson for Yonah. Tragically, he does not (laughs) comprehend the irony. The message is lost on him. God himself has to spell it out when he tells Yonah, you took pity on the Kikayon for which you did not labor nor did you make it grow. It lived one night and perished after one night. And I, shall I not take pity upon Nineveh, the great city in which there are more than a hundred and twenty thousand people who do not know their right hand from their left, many animals as well? Yom Kippur is not just about the individual, not even just about the Jewish nation. Our collective fate is sealed. which nations are destined for sword and which for peace, as the prayers tell us, which for famine and which for plenty. We all, every human being, pass together under God's staff like members of a flock of sheep. We all experience that vulnerability. The story of Yonah is read on Yom Kippur because it demands of us to consider mankind, humanity. And so we pray for the entire world. We consider what we can do for our community and what we can contribute to humanity. And we express sincere concern for our fellow man created in the image of God. Wishing all of the listeners a meaningful and easy Fast. May you be sealed in the book of life. This seal keep Amen.
0: All right, Malka, that was uh, Rabbi Shimshon. We thank him so much for joining us here in the Yeshai Fleischer Show. I want to thank a lot of folks out there that may help make this show happen, including the good folks uh, that donate through buymeacoffee.com forward slash uh forward slash ye that's right it is very late at night here isn't it Malka? yes okay. it's very late late and we haven't slept a lot this whole yeah, week. yeah this
1: has been a funny week
0: that's right so buy so buy me a forward slash Yishai. thank you very much krista for your your your, your big coffee influx really appreciate it and appreciate thank all you the so folks much, krista. there's so many folks out there that are part of it and give you know monthly that's and, right and, and we, we had some you. donations right.
1: come in right before rosh hashanah that's right. People who want to um, spread the message of a strong Israel, to uplift, to inspire, to to empower the Jewish people, to empower all people who want to get close to Hashem and want a better world for everyone. And we really, really thank you. And we want to thank those of you. Uh, we've heard that there are some of you who are interested in giving also before Yom Kippur, and we're very grateful for that. And we want to just send you all of our blessings for uh, a good and a happy and a healthy and an auspicious year for you and for yours and for all the good people
0: uh, that you know, all the Jewish people and all the good people around the world. That's right. There's a lot of folks out there, Jewish and non-Jewish, that are part of the great story. I also want to bless my uh, my friends, Arthur and Amy Rothstein. Uh, who donated uh, uh, to the Shai Fleischer show and to our efforts. Of course, the show is just a way, it's just a vehicle to, to touch more people and touch the world and bring them closer to the story of Hashem and Israel uh, and a way to spread love. So thank you very much and God bless you, all of you guys out there. And God, God bless everybody for health. That's right, I want to send everybody a lot of blessings for health. I also want to thank you, Youcheved Seidman, Moshe Herman, Ben Breskin. Ben Breskin. <laughs> it's late. Ben Breski, Tabitha, and Lou for making the show uh, happen and spreading it to the world. I want to thank uh, all the listeners. I want to thank the Land of Israel Network and all of our partners uh, that get the show out, including including uh, Israel365.com, uh, uh, JNS.org, and JewishPress.com. And I want to thank Hashem God Almighty for helping us uh, get it out. Hashem, please give us more strength and keep us awake uh, and help us come into Yom Kippur really, really strong, really, really strong with all of the problems, with all of the issues get us higher, bring us closer to you, make this whole process, Hashem, please make this whole process uh, be something that reveals you and please reveal to us the path to get to you, all right? We're asking for revelation this Yom Kippur, a little bit more revelation and may our actions uh, be uh, uh, a process of revealing you in this world. All right, folks, lots of love and lots of blessings from the land of blessings. Maka Flesher, thank you for staying up such late night and recording with me here. Well, thanks keeping... for having
1: me on the show. You're the best. Well, you are too.
0: And I want to wish you a Shana Tova Matuka. Shana Tova Matuka. Yala, ta We're doing it. We're making it happen. And we're living the life here in the good land. Be part of it wherever you are. And really, lots of blessings to you. Lots of strength and we'll overcome everything if we stay together uh, and walk the path of Abraham and the path of King David, which leads to the walking to the path of God, the path that gets you to Jerusalem uh, and, to, uh, and to, uh, to a light of God to see God's face even more. God bless you, folks. Lots of love and shalom. Shana tova.